Hi, this is Maria. This is Sarah. And welcome to The Ridge Podcast. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, Today we have a special guest. So we're super excited to introduce Alex DeJesus. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And he just became the senior pastor for the Bridge Church in Pennsylvania. So that is a really exciting thing. Like just. Yeah, like super, super fresh. Super fresh. (laughs) Like a week ago? Like about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we were talking about earlier that, um, you know, you have been in preparation for that for a long time, for sure. Um, so we're excited to talk to you today about um, kind of your experiences with church, just awesome. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, everyone, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about like the big church, all of us as the body of believers, um, you know, kind of how the pandemic has affected your church um, and see if maybe we've got some correlation, some mm-hmm. correlation. So why don't you just give us a little bit of your background to start? Yeah. So I grew up in church my entire life. One of the bad jokes that I use all the time is that uh, I was not born in church. I was born in a hospital like everyone else, (laughs) but immediately brought to the church right after I was born. They were doing church service. They like just brought me straight to church. But I grew up a church kid, uh, you know, church kid my entire life. Uh, My parents are pastors, so kind of grew up in that uh, culture at home of just uh, those beliefs, those morals, that type of faith of just, you know, I'm a pastor's kids. My standards are, are super high. Yeah. And, you know, I got to live up to this standard. Did you get in a lot of trouble? I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. That's right. That sounds much, about right. Too much trouble. Yes. Um, and my dad, every time I got in trouble, my dad would go with a suit. And he always would tell the principal, uh, and he just says, I'm a pastor. Oh, and it's like, yeah. why do you got to tell him that? So now <laughs> the right. principal uses it to, against me when I'm in class. He's like, your dad's a pastor. I'm like, I don't care. That's I right. still do what I want. I but, do what I want. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that behavior came from just, one, being a teenage boy. Sure. And I don't think I had anything to do with uh, probably a lot of things. But the other factors were just trying to outlive like I'm, I want to be normal. Like right. this, I just want to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I right. want to, you know, do extracurricular activities like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my background was very traditional. Like, hit, like from, I don't want to categorize it as just Hispanic because people who grew up in church that right. traditional, like church all the time, mm-hmm. church every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrew's you know? mentioned that. Yeah. So it's just so much of that, right? Um, and then, as the years progressed, uh, just kind of fell in love. Uh, with ministry mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that it's part of part of my testimony I tell people um, I didn't initially get in ministry because I wanted to I initially got in ministry to get closer to my dad mm. oh wow and yeah. that hits home sometimes yeah. and it's like oh my god why, why would you say that you grew up with him or um, I was like I just want to be closer to dad and then that kind of spiraled to a bunch of other things and uh, uh, I think that shifted into really finding my love uh like, I really didn't give my life to Christ until I was, like, 18, 19. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I grew up in church. But, like, that real, real commitment happened then. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into my 20s, uh, got into full-time ministry, uh, working for our denominational headquarters. Some, I was mentioning earlier, administrative assistant stuff. Mm-hmm. Got into youth ministries. Started working uh, on, from a local level. Went to a district level. And then went to what we call a regional level, which is the seven seven states including uh dc washington dc falls under our umbrella so i would travel a lot mm-hmm. do a lot of youth events uh we would do one one a year that involves all of the 
all of the states, which Andrew has been to that, so he's he's been part of that. That's called Winterfest. Uh, and then throughout the year, just trying to travel to every state. Because one of our goals, which I think falls into the conversation, which you said earlier, Maria, was uh, the church. So I would have, to, I understood very quickly that though we all go to the same church, there's a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right. Even sure. the ones that, hey, we all believe the same thing, but I would go to Bronx, New York. Mm-hmm. And from as simple as the way they changed, the songs they sang, right. the way they acted, how long and short the services were, were very different from when I would go to Baltimore, Maryland, or I would go to Virginia. Right. And it's like, wow, this is two totally different mm-hmm. uh, types of church, even though we belong to the same church. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would have to find ways, like, all right, how can I contextualize this? How can I do mm-hmm. one big event mm-hmm. once a year so that way Virginia and New York feel part of the church that we're belonging in and they don't feel like, oh, they're doing too many songs that really we would never do in our church and then vice versa. So I've right. uh, been doing that for a long time. And then now... Uh, just kind of getting ready to pastor, I guess. I, mm-hmm. It's like you said, there's a lot of prep work behind it. I, I did I did function as an assistant pastor for almost two years yeah. while I was doing the youth work. So there's a lot of things that I've learned. I worked very closely with pastors. I, I, I've been part of a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So, mm-hmm. But I don't think nothing really ever like fully prepares you Mm-mm. for what you're doing. Um, it doesn't matter what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys can mm-hmm. can have your stories, but like you you have an idea, just like we were talking about. I have this idea. I have mm-hmm. the whole year planned out, and boom, the pandemic. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, mm-hmm. this didn't work out as planned. Mm-hmm. But that's more or less my background. Yeah. In short words, I can be here all day talking. No, about I my think <laughs> I think that's so great because uh, one thing that I thought of when you were saying, you know, it'd be so different going from one place to another is the one thing. What's the one thing that's the same? You know, and that's Jesus. Jesus. Right. So no matter where you are, the the one thing that is the same is Jesus, and and I think we lose sight of that. You know, when we when we talk about um, traditions and traditions and yeah. different cultural uh, aspects, and mm-hmm. um, but and maybe that's what we kind of lost in the pandemic too. Is like every suddenly the culture of our church changed, mm-hmm. and I, I would say that that's across the board because people weren't um, attending in person and programs look different but the one thing that didn't change was jesus Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure if everybody realized that Mm. um so yeah so i think that's that's a really that's quite the experience that you've you've got so thanks for sharing that (laughs) yeah yeah so then um so going into this new position kind of we we had mentioned earlier that we're kind of on the tail end of the pandemic hopefully yeah um but we're still in it we think right right (laughs) And things, everything's changed. Right. Everything has changed. The way that we do church, the way that we, um, you know, people's habits, um, their fear levels have changed. So what, how, how do you, what are the, some of the things that you've thought of to, to lead in that? I mean, you know, yeah. a, a, gen, a gentle question. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to answer. Right, no. right. Um, it's, you know, so coming into the pandemic, uh, I've, I've had, I have some friends that are pastors um, and from a technological aspect or perspective, mm-hmm. the conversation started as, hey, man, what can I use or what equipment can I use? Mm-hmm. Right. We're trying to get into when we spoke about it. But how do I get into this live stream? Mm-hmm. How do I get to I just need to do videos as simple as my one of my children's director or my youth needs to do a video. 
how do I do it? Mm-hmm. Where do I post it? Right. What should I do? Should I do Facebook Live? Should I do just a Zoom, just exclusively for my church? Because mm-hmm. that's another thing. It, mm-hmm. I, Facebook Live. Now, now you 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 mess with me because now now you opened up a lot. Yeah. But Facebook Live <laughs> messed a lot of people up because what happens is you go on Facebook Live, and we lost touch of the people. Mm-hmm. And what happens is there's this huge disconnect of. Even though I have a hundred viewers, mm-hmm. those aren't the people that come to my church. Right. That's not the people that are right. in my city or my community. So now I'm ministering to people that, and it's nothing wrong with it. California, Michigan, maybe Guatemala, maybe Spain, maybe mm-hmm. somewhere. Who right. knows what your mm-hmm. Facebook following is? Oh yeah. And you're excited, and you're you mm-hmm. know staff meeting or mm-hmm. whatever church meeting you, you're doing, and you find out that none of your members have been logging on for five months. Right. Uh, some people have just they they you didn't realize that they were still very baby Christians and mm-hmm. they just disconnected and mm-hmm. I can't worship this way if I'm not worshiping in the temple mm-hmm, it's right. impossible to I can't worship God if in my I've living got to room. worship with a mask then yeah oh I'm not going that's yep. that's ridiculous and that's another I think another thing that the church uh like I said earlier we were exposed the church mm-hmm. was exposed to mm-hmm. uh we were exposed to like wow this is we've been doing church I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but actually, no, not, not anymore. Not on this not podcast. A, yeah, not anymore. Not on um, this podcast. <laughs> we've been doing church so wrong for so right. long, and it it just opened up our eyes to a lot to the point, and that is where the person that wasn't important before the pandemic suddenly became important after. What do mm-hmm. I mean? You cannot do a meeting without the custodian or the janitor of the church, mm-hmm. because now without them, you can't open up your doors. Right. You have to clean things. So now my meetings became so vital. Our church meetings, mm-hmm. um, and not that, I don't want to categorize it as, as important, but if the janitor isn't there and the media guy isn't there, right. mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. Right. Mm. The people that you didn't probably even consider two months ago mm-hmm. now are running your meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. So what does that show us? That we've been doing things a little bit, I think, wrong. Right. Wrong right. in the sense of, how can we readjust? How can mm-hmm. we adapt? How can we reconnect people right. to Jesus? Mm-hmm. So there's really two things in that, right? So we've got, um, you know, issues with the, maybe things in the, the way the church is structured and the way that we communicate to the church. And so, like, you're, you're talking about the, the staffing making sure that your the, the things that were maybe a priority before are different now. So it is very important. And we've learned that certainly this last year. We've got one custodian for this whole <laughs> building, mm-hmm. right? And and he wow. is busy, super busy. Um, but then, you know, like we've we've been trying to figure out how do you do how do you do media? So we've um, that position has kind of changed and adapted and it's still not where it needs to be. But so you have structurally um, but then we also talked about, you know, like suddenly we weren't connecting with people mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a, that's a huge issue. And then, so then you have, um, people who that connection went away and you realize that the connection was always one way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so we've created as a church based, you know, in, in the structure, and we've talked about this before that we had the huge church growth movement where the priority was getting people into the building, mm-hmm. you know, and it didn't matter that that was it. Just get them in the building, get them in the building, make it comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and make it something that they can have an experience, but we never, we didn't go with them outside the doors. Mm. And so now we're, we're forced, even yeah. though we're on, even though we're on media, in order for us to really connect with people, we have to go outside of just Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really, that's two major issues. Right. Yeah. Like restructure your church, restructure your communication. Yeah. <laughs> you have to restructure, like you're saying, you have to restructure everything. The yeah. way you, again, the way you just look how to do church and that's mm-hmm. so good because you know no one I, I don't know why we didn't think about it but it's like how do we do church at home mm-hmm. how do we how I do think, we do that I think you have to be really careful as um, people in ministry to not we talked last week about boundaries mm-hmm. what are we responsible for in ministry and mm-hmm. what are these families responsible for for themselves mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so the pandemic exposed our lack of reliance on the Lord and and maybe all of these, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but we, we have to have, we have to be comfortable. It's com- comfortable Christianity, right? So people need to be comfortable to be able to come to the church. So so there has to be a line. That's the for, perspective. It is yeah. a perspective, right? Yeah. So there has to be a line on what we're responsible for in ministry and how we do ministry. And yeah, ministry is going to look really different. But mm-hmm. for these people that are at home and they're just disconnected because they don't want to wear a mask in church or they mm-hmm. don't want to... Um, feel uncomfortable because others are wearing a mask, mm-hmm. and the mask has become a huge stumbling block for people for whatever reason. Like right. they're and, and have I'm, you experienced that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say one way or the other. I mean, to each their own. But we have. It, what it really boils down to is, what does your relationship with Jesus look like, and what are you willing to commit to? Right. We yeah. have. We have Christians in China who are still meeting underground. Yeah. yeah. Because they're they could be killed for their faith, and right. then we, in our cr- comfortable Christianity. We're making a big deal about a mask, right? You know, having to wear a mask to services. So, mm-hmm. I think in ministry, we just need to be well, careful about. I mean, we we talked about not spoon feeding, right? Right. Well, and so with boundaries, you know, like there there's this responsibility that we have where um, we have to know. And when we're talking about the church structure and then yeah. um, and people's ownership in that, we have to, as a church, decide what are we responsible for, right? And recognize that we've been kind of we've kind of dropped the ball because we've pushed through that boundary and mm-hmm. we've made it very easy yes. for people too easy to and the point where they're not that's bought our in. Fault. Right. And so, but now, now what we have though is where we have to be really careful is, um, because that's where they are as we establish these boundaries and help people become, take ownership over their faith because they don't know, obviously we've learned that they don't, they're, they're having a really hard time with it. So, um, so we have to know what we're responsible for and how we're going to get people to um, to the level they need to be at. Uh, and that's that's a tricky... How to disciple people. How to yeah. disciple people. Yeah. That's, you know, you, you mentioned Spoonfoot. There's two, two thoughts that come to mind. One of them, uh, Peter, Peter later on in ministry tells the people, you, you've been drinking milk for too long. Mm-hmm. You're an adult mm-hmm. still trying to drink milk and you're wondering why you're... You're, you're malnourished. You're right. wondering why you're not growing because you're still right. drinking milk right. and it's time to eat meat. Yep. And I think, and I'm speaking to the mature or to the to what we want, what we consider the mature Christians, right? right. I think right. at some point or there has to be a, a shifting point mm-hmm. where I have to stop drinking milk mm-hmm. and I have to start eating meat and start being accountable mm-hmm. for my life, start being accountable right. for my relationship with mm-hmm. Christ. And what you're saying is they shouldn't put their full reliance on the church, the church building 
right? They need to have the some sort of the programming, right? Yeah. They need to have some sort of personal relationship, some sort of process at home where they're growing on their own. Yeah, that's why you see so many people um, just get so frustrated and they fall mm -hmm. because because what happens is when you when that is exposed that it's like, hey, we can't have church for two weeks, they'll go back. It's kind of think about when people have braces and have to wear retainers. The doctor tells you, oh, you the worst. To, yeah, you have to use <laughs> or else your teeth will go back right. to what they naturally. So some people they, they they'll miss church for a week and you'll catch them when they have a conversation later on that week and you're like, you went back 15. What happened? Yeah. yeah. So it showed that it's it's and it's almost like at least for me as a leader is like, yeah. hey, there's an accountability on both ends, but at some point mm -hmm. you have to right. you have to be responsible for this. Right. right. And the other side, I had uh, you know. One of the things that me and my wife have been speaking about is what is our DNA? Mm -hmm. What's our there's a there's a DNA as the body of Christ, but there's also a DNA to the individual parts of the body. Yes. You know, we're yeah. all not hands, we're exactly all not legs. Right. So mm -hmm. for at least for us, you know, I we I preached the message two weeks ago not knowing where I was gonna be at today. Yeah. And it was we're at the valley of the dry bones. And we're prophesying to the bones and this whole message, and I, I won't get too much into it, and the bones become an army. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, and I told the church, I said, I'm, and we shut the live stream off, I said, I'm speaking to the church. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to the body. We're standing on history. And that's mm -hmm. why I asked, you know, you guys have been here for, I think you said about 40 years, or the yes. legacy of just yeah. Southridge, of Southridge been right? in existence, mm -hmm. yeah. For that long. And in our church, uh, we've been in existence for at least that particular place mm -hmm. in that community for over 30 years as well. So I told them, I said, we're stuck in the valley trying to prophesy to bones mm -hmm. when God has called you to walk out. Mm -hmm. Right. We're stuck in this place where we want prophecy of prophecy. And it's like right. that prophecy happened. The bones came together. God already gave us life. Mm -hmm. It's time to walk. And I think they, they got it. They said, oh, my God. We've been in the wrong phase. We've been trying to drink milk when God has been calling us to mm, move. And nice. I think that when people can catch on to that, yeah. when people can catch on to that, and not everyone's going to get it. Mm -hmm. This is what everyone doesn't want to hear. Yeah, that's the it, hard thing. It isn't. Yeah. yeah, I think as when I look at the, the, the status of the church, if I can put it that way, we're I think we're thinking we need to get all these people. It's going to be it, I don't I don't mm -hmm. really see it that way. See, I, I read something. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't want to mess up. No, that. <laughs> no, no, that was really great. No, I read something the other day about, um, you know, like the church is not. It's in here, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, I'm we're in a to find it. It's in the beginning, I think. We're in the refining. The church isn't um, isn't falling apart. It's being refined. Yes. And and it is. And I and I do feel. And I talked about it on Sunday too. Um, that I I feel like we're we're on a precipice, mm. you know, and I love using precipice because it makes people really nervous, yeah. you know, like that we could go either way, and um, but we are we're on this precipice, and if we could just mobilize, you know, and that's that's where I think you're right. So what you were saying is that you know people have been drinking uh, milk for so long. Well, mobilization happens when people are eating meat. Yeah, that's when that's and so it is. Then there's the boundaries that come in. So what mm -hmm. are you responsible for mm -hmm. and what are you not? Mm -hmm. So it's our responsibility to to lead the mobilization. Yeah. But um, and this is the problem that I've had as a military leader is sometimes you take the hill and you turn around, nobody's behind you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's how do you do both? How do you how do you mobilize? How do you lead? And then how do you help the ones that need to come? along and they're yeah. just not there yet so alex what is it looking like i mean we know what it looks like here at southridge but what is it looking like right now as far as um 
people coming to church? What does your children's ministry look like? What does your youth ministry look like? How has that changed? Like, what is it looking like right now on the end of the pandemic? It's looking like a lot of revamp. It's a mm -hmm. lot of revamp, restructuring, uh, and reaffirming. Yeah. Of, you know, I, I told someone last year, I told them, I said, I believe God is going to shift us. And it's not about... Shift or sift? Uh, shift, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> He's shifting and sifting us. Right, right. And I, and I told them, it's not that we have the wrong people. Mm -hmm. This is the way I... And again, God, I think I was prepping us just all along. It's not that, that we have the wrong people. Mm -hmm. It's that we have, we have those people in the wrong places. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to... And now I'm getting into my, my leadership mode of like strengths and weaknesses. It's not that... Mm -hmm. Um, that you feel like, oh my God, I'm not flirting. It's like it's not that you're, it's not you. It's you're in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So I got to move you here. Right. So coming into the tail end of that is really, really saying, all right, how committed are you to this ministry, and how committed are you to bring it to the next level mm -hmm. beyond the programming, beyond mm -hmm. the the because all we can do that. We can mm -hmm. do programming. We can do events. Mm -hmm. Like that's. That's that's not the issue. Like we we we've been doing it for years. Right. The issue is, how are we gonna keep them here? How are we gonna truly disciple these? So if you're not right. willing to be part of their lives, if you're mm -hmm. not willing, if this is not what you're, if if for you is, oh, I'm just doing youth on Wednesdays and I'm just forgetting about it. If I'm just doing children's on Sunday and mm -hmm. I'll figure it out next week, mm -hmm. then maybe you're just you're just in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's hard for people because mm -hmm. we want to spoon feed them. It's like, oh no, that. You know, this is our, yeah, we want to yeah. we want to keep this person here's like uh-uh I'm coming in like if this isn't for you yeah. then we're going to find something yeah. for you this just may not be it right. Right. so there is there is this urgency in my spirit it's in a my good wife's word. yeah mm -hmm. in my wife's spirit of we need to make sure that this part is right so if you can't and it's we need those people to commit mm -hmm. and if you can't commit that's fine we're going to move you over here or mm -hmm. we're going to move you out and we're going to we're going to figure this out together. Right. That question is hard because mm -hmm. we're coming in and understanding this is it's not like where they call this a pastor rant. Like we've been part of this church for 9 years now. Mm -hmm. And we we spent our entire almost a decade our entire 20s. So we evolved. We got married here. Mm -hmm. We we you know, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. Right. So there is this this connection with this church, like, man, we've seen so much. So we're going in understanding, like, hey, this is this is what we need. And I think um, a, lot of, a lot of times we we struggle with just saying, hey, we just need to move the right person into the right place. Oh, and yeah. sometimes this is going to sound, uh, I want to use the right word, this may sound maybe a little out there, right, maybe a little extreme. But it's like, hey, maybe the children's director, maybe she works better in the women's ministry. Right. Maybe this just isn't her thing. Or mm -hmm. maybe the 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 women's ministry, maybe she works better um, in hospitality or connections or mm -hmm. in the in the what we call right we call it pastoral care, but in in mm -hmm. care ministry or maybe the discipleship ministry mm -hmm. or maybe in the nothing ministry. What right. is that? The nothing ministry? Nothing. Just go to church on yes, Sundays. Yes. So are um, you talking specifically about your staff? Or are you talking about your volunteers as well? Um, so that's that's a good question. We don't. We all only have volunteers. Interesting. So we're pushing. Oh. Yeah, we're pushing to that culture. That's an interesting thing. We have volunteers. So yeah. that's another thing. So you have, I think sometimes we try to stretch volunteers, not considering that they have a whole other life. It's a whole other right. life. A whole. Right. So I've always said, for me, it's different. Mm -hmm. I can be here Monday through Monday, mm -hmm. but I can't expect that from someone right. that that mm -hmm. this isn't 
their what they do for sure. And now the conversation shifted, but I, with that being said, that's for in our context, right? Mm-hmm. We have to start moving these these pieces mm-hmm. into place because it's not that they're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's not that they hate God. They they're just in the wrong place. Right. So now they're upset because they feel that their seed isn't growing. And it's right. like, it's okay. I just need to move you right. to better soil. Right. 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 And that's nothing wrong with it. And right. I think when you when you're able to identify that, mm-hmm. I think we'll be we'll be able to connect mm-hmm. uh, much differently to find someone right. that's willing to make those calls. Um, because there's some people like, oh, I make calls, but they mm-hmm. only make the calls when something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And but they don't make the calls just to make a phone call. Right, right. So, yeah, we only have volunteers, believe wow. it or not. So, yeah. and we're trying to move into that culture of like, all right, we want to we want to hire people. We want to do this. We want to get more involved in the community. Right. Um, but it's hard when yep. when when you have the when you have the right people in the wrong places. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and what it sounds like uh, the way that you really identify and build on that is you have to know your people. Yeah, right. You and, people. and I think that that was that's been a really interesting thing for me. So um, I had told you that this is my well, I'm moving into my second year in ministry now. So I came on two months before the pandemic hit, and so I don't I didn't know anybody. I mean, really, I, I came to church, but we didn't we weren't you know super connected, and um, so I've had to learn who everybody is mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. Wow. so when you when you are trying to figure out spiritual giftings for your volunteers and getting connected and you only see them in an online email platform you know or right. um you know we came back into the church and so now i'll see people but there's still people there's people and they see me all the time so there's people that know who i am right. and believe that they really know me because of the podcast and and we you know did videos and all kinds of stuff and but you don't you don't know people so that's really that connection piece is really important. And that's what, I mean, even all throughout Jesus's ministry was all about connecting, all yeah. about connecting. In mm-hmm. fact, there was very few large events that we did, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was very much um, being in people's homes, being in their communities, um, walking the streets with them, you know, seeing them uh, in their daily lives. Uh, but that's a, that's a really, that's a hard thing to do because of the pandemic. But even before that, you know, we're, we're talking about trends that have been happening for ever, um, where people have just become more and more secluded and had reason to be, you know, they've isolated themselves away because they have Mm -hmm. unclear boundaries or, Mm -hmm. um, or they, they have a big fear of being committed to the church. And, um, and so, uh, yeah. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think when you talk about Jesus and how he was, he was all about connecting with people. Um, it, it makes me think about the life that he lived was not, and I know I keep coming back to this because I think I'm just really bothered in my spirit, but we're talking about Jesus and how he connected with people. He had nowhere, and I know I've said this before, he had nowhere to lay his head. Mm-hmm. He bounced from house to house with his disciples. He walked long distances. His life was hard, mm-hmm. and his commitment was enormous to us, so much so that he he committed to dying on a cross after asking his father three times mm-hmm that he take the cup from him. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just really bothered in my spirit about how comfortable we've gotten. Like, I think with, we're so- With no commitment? I think we're so selfish with our requirements for the church. She I really there. do. She yeah, went there. And I'm not trying to- 
I'm not trying to create a controversy. Like no. I, I love our church. I love the people of our church, but it yeah. hurts my heart that we're there's such a lack of commitment. Mm-hmm. There's such a lack of commitment to the local mm-hmm. church. And you know, we're we're doing ministry throughout the pandemic and I, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to my Ridge Kids volunteers. Right. They they are, are yep fabulous mm-hmm. they are killing it and they love these kids and they're committed mm-hmm. to these kids shout out to the rich kids volunteers that's Still right you guys they are, are doing great you guys are so awesome and they have been such a blessing to me and they've shown me where their hearts are by their commitment right so when i see that people are falling off for youth ministry when i see that people are falling off for we had nobody's we, we had two people sign up for small groups for season two. Yeah. And it, wow. it hurts. It just hurts me because wow. we are so comfortable in our Christianity. We can access it online if we want to. We can come in the building if we want to. I just feel like that's not, I mean, look at the life of Jesus. It couldn't be any more plain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And sometimes Christianity, it's, it's hard, but we need to put our personal preferences aside and commit to Jesus and the furtherance of the gospel. Well, I think we need to have a, a reordering of our preferences. It's not about putting them aside. It's about sometimes reprioritizing. And sometimes we do, though. I yeah. mean, for example, I would prefer more hems on Sunday because I grew up with hems. I'm, yeah. I'm did you just Baptist. say hems? I did. She just yeah. said hems. I love hems. I grew up you mean, Baptist, you mean and I love them. Hymns? Yeah. <laughs> no. Hems? We'll talk about no. backgrounds off, off <laughs> yeah. camera. Where do you, yeah. where you yeah. grow up? Like, yeah. new? Hems. Every time, every week we talk about Baptist. The I know. Baptist I know. It always comes but, up. Yeah, yeah. But that would be my personal preference. we go to page 25? That's right. Amazing grace, yeah, people. Right. Amazing grace. <laughs> yes, but, but I know, anyway, I know you got you. You got you're about to go. So I, I'd love to hear what you think about that too, because I think your yeah. point, what you've got, is you do, fantastic. Sometimes we do have to put aside preference, like yeah. to be committed to our local church. Now, if if we're not adhering to biblical standards, if right. if our statement of faith isn't where it needs to be, then mm-hmm. we need to move along to somewhere that. So, but then how do you figure that out? Well, how do you figure that out? You you go back to scripture. So you if you don't scripture. know, if you aren't in the word and you don't know what scripture says, right? Then how are you so supposed to determine? So it starts with you and your right. commitment to the word. Yeah, right? I um, it, when we talk about the ministry of Jesus, his commitment, and now now I want to speak to leaders because yeah. there is something that we learned. We were. We were trying to diagnose all right, why why are people leaving? Mm-hmm. What's going on with our with our church? And we had to we were part of all these meetings. And mm-hmm. I think we spent more times in meetings than we did church. It was Absolutely. just like, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going? And we're blaming the people and maybe we need to do this and we need to do that. And then something happened that we thought we thought it was the people. Mm. And then something happened. It was revealed to us. I won't I won't share too much but when we saw we said oh it wasn't them it was us Mm. as leaders the problem wasn't them they're hungry for it they actually are tired of drinking milk Mm. they actually want the meat where's the meat coming from right who teaches the meat is it the meat who let's figure out how we can say meat as much as we can so now this bird (laughs) you know because as a leader it's so easy for me to be like my brother, my sister, you need to stop drinking milk. And and then they look back, and I had this epiphany where, okay, where's the meat? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I don't have any either. Yeah. So now the burden, the same way in, in, the, in the ministry of Christ, his commitment to the disciples, mm-hmm. his commitment to, to show them, hey, you need to catch this. Yeah. It was a, you're, you're missing it. You're right. missing it. Peter, 
you, you, you missed it. Like, I've been here in front of you this whole time. Right. And, you're st- and we're still having these, right. these, these traditional conversations. Like, all right, yeah. I, I'll answer it. Nicodemus comes. Yeah. He's a teacher of the law. What do I do to inherit the kingdom? And he says, you must be born again. Well, what do you mean I must be born again? Climb well, back into my mother's womb? Yeah, right? yeah. I must be born again in spirit. And he's like, I don't. He's like, well, if you don't get this, you won't get the heavenly thing. So the burden wasn't on, on someone from the village. The burden was on Nicodemus, a teacher of the mm-hmm. law, a respected teacher. Yeah. So I see that and hear that. Man, that just, I just caught that. I'm going to preach that next week. But it's like. <laughs> yes, I, well, I got you. Yeah. That's right. It's like we, we, we have to put the burden back on the leadership, mm-hmm. on the teachers, on, on the pastors, mm-hmm. because it is on us. And it mm-hmm. is on us. And that's you mentioned core. That's where the core is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that is where. I can't be mad at the people right now. Yes, right, right. they need to get more committed. Yes, we need we need to get back to Jesus. We need to go back to a revelation. We need to go back to our first mm-hmm. love. Yeah. I've 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 been asking God, God, bring me back. I've right. I've, I've I wanna I need to get back into deeper prayer. I, I told Andrew the other day. I said this is he has this discipline of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. that I and I'm gonna confess it. I battle. Right. I just it's just something that I have to push myself. But I one of the things that we're gonna tell our leadership is like, hey. It's not them, it's us. So if we can get it together, yeah. if we can connect, mm-hmm. if we can be more vulnerable with each other, there's no reason why you're coming into my office and you're telling me, hey, I'm done, and you've been struggling with this for a year, right. and I had no idea about mm-hmm. it. We right. need to walk with this together. Right. And I think when the people start seeing that we're in this together, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. We mm-hmm. have elderly people in our church that they stand up. We're a bilingual church. They worship God mm-hmm. while we're singing Almighty Ones. They don't even know how to pronounce half the words. Right. But they have put some preferences aside right. because they see, okay, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. I can put aside a song mm-hmm. on Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. I can put aside a preaching. I am very aware mm-hmm. that not everyone's going to like my preaching. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% aware that I'm not everyone's favorite preacher. I'm 100% aware that this week everyone's going to love my preaching. The next week they're going to be like, ah, Right. Pastor really didn't hit it this year. But my leadership, there are people that you're going to connect to and you're going to connect yep. to mm-hmm. and Andrew's going to connect to that I'm not going to connect to. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if we're not on the same page, right. we're, we're we going to feel about that this morning. Yeah, yeah. we're going to feel a disconnect. And this is and I'm talking to leaders now because we're going to feel a disconnect in the body mm-hmm. because there's a disconnect up top. Right. That's mm-hmm. the disconnect. We feel like they're not connecting. They're not getting yeah. that. We're not even realizing that we're talking about ourselves. Right. And that. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, you think that there is a, I agree with you. And I love that shift of perspective, but I don't, you think that there is a, there is a boundary and you should know your congregation. Right. So, and I think, I think over the pandemic, some of it, like some heart issues have been exposed Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily think, especially with what we're offering. um, I know Maria's heart's been, I know Andrew's heart's been, my heart's been, you know, um, I think sometimes with what we're offering, there's still a lack of connection and effort we can't create the connection and the effort for them right Right. we can so i do think that there's it and it just goes back to what we're responsible for right Mm -hmm. so yes we are responsible to offer the meat as you say right Mm -hmm. but we cannot force the connection of the commitment correct right Right? so i do think it goes both ways it falls on leadership but you also as an adult especially as an adult you have to be responsible for your own spiritual well-being and i say that because i have a husband who for years has been a baby Christian. Now that used to hold me back Mm -hmm. in my walk. And I came to a point one day where I was like, you know what? 
I have a responsibility to my kids and I have a responsibility to my God and for, for my own spiritual growth. And I told him once, and I remember this very specifically, I told him one morning, I'm taking the kids, I'm headed to church, you're welcome to sit here and drink your coffee. And yeah. there was no judgment there, but I knew that it was my responsibility. And that's where my growth started because I made that commitment and we've been here for, you know, 15 years. So, mm -hmm. and we just talked about this earlier. If I'm not getting something out of a message on a Sunday morning, I'm going to crack my Bible open. I'm going to go to Bible study fellowship. So I take those steps forward for my own spiritual growth. So I mm -hmm. do believe, yes, there's, there's, there's the piece that you're talking about, but there's also an accountability piece for it's yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think a lot of the thoughts that I've had about this recently is um, across the board. So leadership and then like in the people that we lead. Um, personally, I'm a, I'm a goals person, but I'm a mission person also. And I think that what maybe happened big church across the board is that our mission got watered down and um and so when people don't have a mission that they've that they've taken on as their own um and and internalize that then it's very difficult um hmm. to have motivation mm -hmm. and so um and i think that sometimes people don't realize they have their own mission you know, and, and uh, my mission is different than your mission, but we all as Christians have the same mission. Right. Um, and so when we talk about DNA and, and really re-identifying ourselves, because that's what's happening right now. And we can talk and we can, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. We can splice things into our yeah. DNA, you know what I mean? But we really got to, we really got to know who we are, mm -hmm. what we stand for, um, and how we're going to lead. And, um, and we've talked about this is that you know, at this church, we've got very qualified people in the positions. Um, everybody is doing in their own separate ministries does a fantastic job, but there's not a lot of continuity across right. the board. Right. We've talked a lot. And about we've been that. kind of working towards that. So, um, so you know, in my mind, when I think of discipleship, I think of discipleship as being, you know, what's preached on Sunday gets reaff reaffirmed and reinforced during mm -hmm. the week in Bible studies that gets talked about on the podcast that the children's ministry mm -hmm. talks about it, that the youth ministry talks about it. Like we are all working towards, um, you know, across the board, the, the same mission. Um, and I think we say that. And I think as, as churchgoers, you know, we, we feel that, that, um, you know, I bet you that if you were to ask people, and we've heard it tons of times, you know, like that everybody's been doing a great job communicating during the pandemic, yeah. but then why are we still having issues with, com with uh, commitment? Mm. You know, like, why is that still an issue? Right. Why is it that, um, you know, half the people are only showing up on Sunday because it's not just the pandemic anymore because they're going to Costco, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, and we've seen those issue. memes, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's not just the, the mask. I want, I want to loop back around to the mask issue. Like, it's not just about the mask issue because, I mean, there are valid reasons for wearing or not wearing a mask or not wanting to be in the building for a while with people who don't have masks on. That I completely understand. But I do think we've used, we've gotten real good at using the pandemic as an excuse right. for not doing what we don't want to do. And so why is that? So that's what I always think. What what is keeping people from that? And and what I always I, I'm a firm believer that what keeps people from from Jesus's fear, mm. you know, walking with Jesus's fear. So you know things have changed drastically. Church looks different. So what you know as leaders, how we lead, where we get where do we get stuck right now? Fear. Yeah. Mm. Right. Mm. As people that are um, Christians that are participating in church, 
a big boundary is fear. And and fear does not come from God. No. Yeah. Right? It comes from mm-hmm. from the devil. And so and that spiritual warfare that surrounds that. So and I could go down that road for days, but the ultimate thing well, we're, what we're talking about, aren't we? Yeah, you know, right? Chick, they're bringing like, Chick Fil A. They're bringing Chick Fil A. Part two coming. Might, up. might be a little bit of an extra long yeah. podcast, but it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, it is. It's. I, I feel like when we look at the big church as a whole, we've got kind of a myriad of issues. We've got. Um, we need. We need leaders that that know how to lead. Yeah. That yeah. have that call in their life because mm-hmm. you know and I know and she knows that not all leaders are created the same. And right. I think Alex, the leaders that you're talking about the ones that you were mentioning earlier, you're absolutely right. If those leaders aren't offering the meat to the beat, that's an issue. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I, w- I would like to kind of tackle that, and I, w- I would like to work, in my mind, it's working backwards, because one of the, the a model that I like is um, people need to find a place they belong before they believe. Mm, that's a good. A place good. they belong before they believe, because sometimes they're not going to get it, right? We were talking mm-hmm. about that earlier, mm-hmm. um, right away. And it's um, it's it's a place I think people need a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. But then the other side to it is, and this may sound very churchy, um, but we we when we talk about Acts chapter two, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, right. and mm-hmm. the upper room, and the different languages that are taking place, but something happens at the end of that chapter that I I think so, I, either we we ignore it, we forget it, or we just choose not to deal with it, which is that it was the spirit that added on to the church. Mm-hmm. It right. wasn't us. Right. We put, was, the, we put the Holy Spirit in a right. box. We, yes. Yeah, we put in a box. we bring them out when, it's, when it feels convenient. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've, I've, been in, I've been in tables where we're like, how do we get them? How do we keep them? And I said, that's, that's not our job. That's oh, right. man. I'm so <laughs> glad you just said that because I've, I've heard that so much yeah. over the last that's, several months. And that's been my thought the entire time. That's not up to yeah, us. It's like we're no. trying to create methods to keep people. That's not my no, job. No, my it job, isn't. Our job is different. Our job is to teach. Disciple. Yeah, yeah, disciple, teach the word. Uh, with love and a spirit of love and a spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. We and love we you, can, people. We can, yeah, we can create those strategies. My job isn't to keep you. Right. We can have relationship. There you go. But that's I can't do that for you. So when we start shifting that mindset, that's what happens mm-hmm. is we think the spirit isn't working. Right. It's not that he's not working. Right. He's sitting back and saying, well, if you can do it, then I'll sit back and see what you can do. Right. Yeah. So when we give room for the spirit to work, right. then we'll begin to see that's that. Good. That's so, good. Well, and we have big L and little L, right? So we've got the big leaders, which are you know us who are... At, like leading in the church, but then you've got the volunteers who right. those are also leaders. And there's people that I know that are listening to this right now that they may not be um, involved uh, in the church right now, but they're leaders too. You know, they're leaders in some capacity in their life, whether it's their family, mm-hmm. whether sure. it's, you know, the, the in their environment. And so it is, it's, the Holy Spirit doesn't just fit in church. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is all encompassing in it. And it, um, you know, when we think about leading as the body, we have to allow room for that to grow, and we did talk about that before. Is that we've really taken the, the power, out of out of church. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I can keep going. Can we get a hymn? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's dogging me. He's dogging no, me no, now. no. Listen, I'm I'm all day with that. That was good. That was good. I'm all day with that. That's so great. I'm all That's day. so great. So we've talked about a lot, but really the main kind of topic that we landed on was. Um, Gosh, I don't even know if we landed on a main topic. <laughs> you know, like connection. We were all over the place. We connection, leadership, you know. Um, the church, the, the church, church body. The body, church is the church building. Being yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what it all boils down to, right, is that um, 
we're in a new day, uh, but we're not really dealing with new issues. Mm -hmm. Well, you that's know? true. Um, They've just come to the forefront a little bit more clearly. Yeah. Right, right. right. We're, we're being forced to acknowledge um, some of these deficits. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, what it all boils down to is that if, you know, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to work and, yeah. and grow our churches if we're leaders. But that doesn't negate the responsibility we have to do the best that we can right, with the tools sure. that we have. For sure. But then that also goes um, to the body as well. You know, like you, we all have our own responsibility to at some point stop drinking milk. Yeah. Right. And, and if your church is offering the meat, take hold of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's there really is only so much. It's it's not we can't do we can't force people into commitment. And we. Mm -hmm. Um, and what good would there be in that anyway? Right. Where's the growth? Yeah. Right. Where's the growth? So, um, yeah. Is there any uh, any closing thoughts that you guys have before we wrap up? I mean, we're super grateful that you. Oh, I, come I'm on. super grateful. And <laughs> would you humbled. like to come back next week? It's been a, it's been a hoot, right? Yeah, it's been it's been fun. <laughs> that's, I love that's, it. I'm not a cool we'll person. We'll sing Amazing Grace after we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had any closing thoughts, uh, I'll make it super quick. I think it would just be. Uh, allowing yourself as right as a leader to take responsibility mm -hmm. and kind of all right what is my responsibility mm -hmm. and then for the for the believer that you may not have a position or title and that's okay but there's a responsibility right uh, on you as, as well and I think I hear responsibility in my mind and just kind of like hey let's let's take a hold of that responsibility mm -hmm. that commitment and at the same time uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work in that. right right well I, t I talked about on on Sunday too you know um this isn't our ministry, you oh, know, the, the sure. seven yeah. people on our staff here at Southridge, this is, this is everyone's ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, the people that are sitting in the seats, this is your ministry, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, um, I've even told my thrive group, yeah, I'm at the same place you are. I'm mm -hmm. not here. I'm here to facilitate, but I'm not really here to lead. We all need to be in this equally. We mm -hmm. do it together, you know, to learn. Yep. I would just like to say to everybody, can you see how much we love you? Right? <laughs> I mean, really, we get a little fired up because we love you. We want to see you grow. Right. And it's important to us that you do and you commit to the church and you're, you love Jesus. And that's what we're here for, right? So um, I hope through the whole conversation you can see how much you're really cared about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's always a it's always a riot. And I'm so grateful that we had a chance to talk to you because, you know, being able to um, get a perspective, get a perspective from, yeah. from across yeah. the board and really just seeing that it's it's the same mm -hmm. across the board, no matter where you are. Everybody's dealing with um, something. Everybody's having to think differently. Yeah, and, and that right. is that is a that's a hard, hard thing. Mm -hmm. But when yeah. that shift happens, it's transformative. Yeah, yes, it is. So so we, I, I believe we just got to trust that, um, you know, we didn't plan the pandemic, right. but God knew it all along. So mm -hmm. if you're here, you're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. Right. You're here for a reason. He's, he's going to get us through, yeah. Romans 8, yep. 28. Yes. That's right. That's yes. right. That's good. Well, thanks for listening again. And uh, we really enjoy having you. Next week, we're going to pick up back with boundaries. I know everybody's thrilled to death to talk about boundaries. <laughs> um, but as you can see, even in our conversation today, boundaries are really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and we don't talk about them enough. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.